0: The word intentional has become kind of a buzzword these last few years. I've seen it everywhere on social media and with good reason, being intentional is the opposite of living haphazardly or living distracted, which is all too easy to do today. Today, I'm gonna be chatting with my friend, Laura Casey Isaacson, two-time author and owner of Cultivate What Matters and the creator of The Power Sheets. And we're gonna be talking all about what it looks like to live intentionally in a distracted world, and how setting goals can help us do just that. You're listening to Work and Play with Nancy Ray, episode 40. Much of our daily lives can be divided into two categories, work and play. Simply put, that is where our life and our legacy take place. This is a podcast all about learning to work and play well, which leads to a healthy soul and a fulfilling life. Let's dive in. Laura, I am so excited to have you on the Work and Play podcast. Welcome.
1: (laughs) Thank you. This is a treat. It's like we are real life, great friends, and now we get to do some fun podcasty partiness together, so I'm really excited. (laughs) It's so much fun. I know. I
0: feel like the only way to start off this podcast is by telling people, Where I was when Grace was born.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Yes, enlighten (laughs) us.
0: Let's just go there. (laughs) Like just in case people weren't sure we were friends.
1: Just in case you're not sure of the depth of our friendship. Uh, So sweet Nancy Ray has been there for um, the birth of both of my um, redheaded children and has photographed all the milestones in between and when Sarah came home after we adopted her, everything. But the most notable Photography experience was Grace's birth, where she was there to photograph, and was of course, as you are, Nancy, just one of the biggest faith encouragements to me ever. And then the nurse leans over and says, "How good of friends are you to Nancy?" As I am in like <laughs> high labor, dilated to an eight, you know, whatever it is. Oh yeah. And I'm not sure you got a chance to answer. She just said, "Grab her leg," and so Nancy was holding my <laughs> leg as Grace came into the world. So it's true. Are- your we friends, we're close.
0: I was holding one leg, your one leg, your leg, and one yeah. arm, and then my camera and the other, and Gosh. that's how it happened. But we became very close that day. <laughs> yes, we Seriously, did. still one of the most special days uh, ever. Makes Thank me really happy. That. I know, the best. so sweet. But <laughs> anyway, I'm so glad that you're here. And I, the title of this, I was thinking of. Man, there are about a million things I would like to talk to you about, Laura. I feel like we do have a history and there's so many different directions we could go. Um, but I really, I think about your life and I think people look at you and think of you as living very intentionally. Um, and that's, that's a choice you have to make. That's a hard thing. That's mm-hmm. why I came up yeah. with the title living intentionally in a distracted world, because it is easy to be distracted. It's really easy to be distracted and you have to put, guardrails in place and and kind of a life system in place to not be distracted because if you don't, man, those distractions are just going to take over. Um, So, I wanted to ask you, what what experiences in your life were like a wake-up call for you to focus on what is important?
1: There was a day that I, as a, a wedding planner, so I Long story, but as Nancy knows, was I was a wedding planner and was um, in the beginning years of Southern Weddings. I was doing both of those at the same time, and I had a, like a high-profile client call me in church on Sunday. And of course, I had my phone visible, and I stepped out of church to answer that call. And that, among many other things, very similar experiences, were um, wake-up calls for me to say, what in the world am I putting my trust in? What is really important to me? And of course, I think the thing we experience as humans when we let distractions or when we let things that are really uh, not important, when our priorities get misaligned and disordered is we feel it. Like we physically yeah. and physiologically, we feel it. Yep. The the effects of stress and cortisol and like all the things, um, it, it makes us sleepless. I mean, I'm not saying anything anybody doesn't know or experience, but uh, that type of experience was pretty constant for me <laughs> in those early days of my business because I was trying to find my worth in my work. And it's such a funny thing to think, I was in church where I should be finding my worth in God but um but you know my faith was just so small back then and I I'll probably say that 20 years from now about this season too but uh those experiences of coming face to face with oh my goodness I just made a choice that didn't feel right, right, right. that's that's that was a wake up call yeah yeah I I
0: remember you telling that story and I love that story because there is this biological reaction that happens in our body when some, when you have that phone in your hand and you're talking to a client outside of church and you're like, Ugh, what yeah. is happening? You start to feel icky, like oh, from head totally. to toe. Yeah. And I think that's God's goodness to us. There's like a check in our spirit when there's something that's just not right.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's a
0: gift. That's a good thing. It's but yeah, gift. it's
1: important to listen to those things. It's but, like a dissonance. It's like a… Yeah you hear a song or a symphony and there's this one violin that just doesn't have it together.
0: <laughs> you right.
1: know, it's like a, a disharmony that you're hearing in the song of your life. So, yeah. yeah.
0: What are, um, what are your biggest distractions, Laura? Like oh, on a day to day basis, what do you like? Cause we all think, I, I mean, I think, I think of you as someone who has laser focus, not distractible, mm-hmm. but you're a person. So I know yep. that you have distractions and, What I just am curious, what are those for you?
1: I think that this is probably a gross generalization, but Mm -hmm. uh, I think someone's faith can be proportionate to how much they need God. And for me, I really need Him, and I see that in the amount of things that I get distracted by. Uh, I have to have boundaries in my life because um, I think my my biggest idol in life would be uh, pride. Pride. Approval of people, and and there are a million ways for me to seek that. That could be through scrolling on Instagram or constantly looking at the likes that I am getting or not. And it's kind of a subconscious thing that happens at this point. I'm not like actively saying my goal is to get 500 likes on this post, but um, it is a something that has seeped into the fabric of my brain patterns. I could say. So I think that my biggest distraction is probably uh, conflict in relationship when it comes to wanting people to like me more than wanting to be obedient to the Lord and my calling and what I'm supposed to do, and um, pride in, in wanting, like, a, it's kind of the same thing. I think my biggest distraction is trying to be liked rather than resting in God's love for me right where I am.
0: Yep. I'm going to. This is so great that you just said that. Um, first of all, thank you because I'm right there with you. I think most people probably are. Um, but there's a sign that I have right in front of me. And it's, I think it's the message translation, 2 Corinthians 10 18. It says, What you say about yourself means nothing in God's work. It's what God says about you that makes yes. all the difference. Yep. And I love that. And I have it up here right in front of my podcast because it's easy. To get so caught up in what other people think, mm. what other people want from you, what mm-hmm. people don't like about you, what they like about you. And that didn't matter. It just matters what God thinks. That makes all the difference. Yes. And it's just easy to be distracted by everything else.
1: Mm. <laughs> so, so true.
0: Yeah. It's it's a reminder, I think, that we needed all that. need. Yeah. Me too. That's why I have it in front of me all the time.
1: <laughs> and I think <laughs> that's the thing that. is like this society and Even if we were just to pinpoint the one platform of Instagram and, you know, social media gets a bad rap. It's not a bad thing when you use it well. But uh, if you just look at the, the platform of Instagram, it is built for us to compare our lives to other people. That is literally the reason it exists because they have built in the likes and the comments and the analytics and all those things um, to be able to measure all those things. You can't help but when you open up your Instagram app and look at your own profile to see all the numbers, like the first thing that pops up is the amount of likes. Totally. So it's almost like this whole, um, the system is rigged. Spoiler alert, system is rigged. (laughs) So if you're feeling comparison, if you're feeling the distractions, it's because there's some really smart marketers back there that uh, they want to pull you into that. So I think that it, I'm just putting a piece of compassion out there for all of us that um, there are it's understandable why we get distracted and because of that because the these things are such a lure to us we have to fight doubly hard against them. Yeah, for sure. Um
0: and if you are listening and you haven't listened to my episode on three habits to put social media in its place, yes. I actually dig into the research that goes behind like how it actually Mm -hmm. is rigged like the infinite scroll was something that was actually invented to make us Mm -hmm. feel like we never hit the bottom of a web page and we just keep going and the like button was invented to get that hit of like hey this is awesome like it keeps you coming back so Mm -hmm. i'll leave that episode in the show notes if you haven't listened to it you want to go back and listen to it but Yeah, it's, I think it's good to realize that and to pay attention to like, this is how it was designed. Um, but then to also say like, I can run my life. I can put things in place to where I'm not distracted by this all the time. I can put up these guardrails or boundaries for myself so I can Mm -hmm. live the life that I want to live. So what are some simple habits that you do every day just to keep you focused on living intentionally?
1: Yeah, it's it's such great timing. We were just talking about this as a team this morning, and uh we were talking about our goals for 2020 and, um you know, talking about the things that haven't worked this year, and I think we can all relate to having too much to do and not enough time to do it. And it's like probably a, a struggle that we're going to all have for the rest of our lives because that's one of the opportunities that we have to lay before the Lord what we've been, you know, tasked with and say, God, help me to say no and be humble and all those things. But uh, one thing we talked about was how we all desire margin for the meaningful. Margin to be able to connect deeply with each other and with our community um, in order to plant seeds of faith in, like I said, each other and the people that we interface with on a daily basis in our business. And yet, in the middle of us talking about that, I heard, ding, ding. I was like, oh my goodness. So, to me, one of the biggest things that we can do to um, put up guardrails and to give ourselves the gift of margin for the meaningful is to turn off the notifications. Uh, I'm sure that there's tons of research out there that talks about how our brains just instantly split the moment those little notification things flash across our screen and all the dings and all the things. Um, And we really train ourselves to be in that system, uh, whatever it is for us, and it breaks our attention span. And I know that there's research out there about how I think it takes 20 minutes to get into a long-form project. So, imagine you're trying to work on something intently or perhaps even, like, you know, complete a photo album for your kids or whatever it is. And yet, you're allowing those text message or sms or instagram whatever to pop in every five seconds that thing's going to take you about i don't know 18 times longer than you thought it would so i think that's a simple practical way that we can say no to the distractions and to say yes to guarding our time and guarding our hearts is turn off the dings
0: (laughs) (laughs) for sure and i it's it's so funny because you and I have been talking about that kind of conversation yes. and setting those boundaries for 10 years maybe, like yes. since we've been friends. And yep. we talk about it a lot at making things happen.
1: Yeah,
0: And we, we live in that. But how revolutionary it was for me the first time that I actually took off mail notifications off my phone. Like, I haven't done that in years. Yeah. But I think that's such a good point to go back to that because— yep. You know, I don't get Instagram notifications. I don't get mail notifications. You know, most of the time my phone's on silent or in another mm-hmm. room. And I've gotten used to living a life that way. Yeah. But the truth is, is that I think most people still don't. And they have Instagram notifications or mail notifications or whatever. And it's just like, you don't need them. You are in control of your phone. Yep. You're in control of all all of those distractions. You can just kind of turn the volume down on those things um, and be present with whatever it is and whoever it is that's right in front of you which is so so important. And man, what was that phrase? Margin for the meaningful. Is that mm, what you said? Yep. Yep. That is like man, I want to frame that. That's something that you have to <laughs> and you have to fight for that, but that's yeah. margin for the meaningful is where life happens. That's yeah. that's the good stuff of life and Man, that just, I don't know, that's going to be ringing in my head, I think, for a couple of days, which is a good thing.
1: And I feel like the the hard truth is that, and the freeing truth, it's a good thing, is that we get to choose. Um, and change is hard. Like, I'm sure some of you that are listening are thinking as I was thinking when I was faced with all those notifications in my own life, and I still get faced with them sometimes, but thinking to myself, oh, I can't do that that's too hard. I'm going to miss something. Or no, 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 no. No, I I have to know uh, when this specific person emails me. I totally get that. There are some things like your child's daycare that you need to have on speed dial with a neon light above your phone. But, uh, But really, we get to choose. And I think that that truth has not sunk in for us. We tend to feel like we're victims of our own schedules and victims of this society that has all these notifications. And, you know, it's not just notifications, but um, we do. We get to choose a different operating system altogether. So alternative to having all the notifications up there, maybe you're feeling fear about missing things or not getting to things quickly enough, um, you could choose to have a system where you only check in on those things once an hour, just start there. And uh, imagine the, the the thing that uh, tends to propel me to change and propels a lot of people to change is to imagine, imagine the positive results of that change. It kind of okay. tends to push you through the hard part of change, you know? Yeah. Um, but imagine how much time you're going to get back. And I think even just this morning for our team, thinking about how important, um, how eternally important that margin is for connection that will allow you to sacrifice uh, the fear of missing out on things. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. 100%. And I think painting that picture and getting that vision in front of you is the thing that's going to keep you going. Um, it's important to not live in fear about it because I fear for my kids. I don't know if Ugh, you feel like this, but I yes, think Yes, I do. I <laughs> join you in that. <laughs> the screens, the addiction, the, oh, yeah. the just, I mean, it is, it's a different world that they're growing up in, Mm -hmm. like a vastly different world that they're growing up in than even our parents grew up in, you know? Yeah. Um, It's wild to think about. And yeah, I think getting that picture in front of your head is huge. So thinking about that, thinking about our kids and our this generation that we are raising, what do you think— what do you think is the biggest distractions that that generation is going to have to face or wake up to and like fight against or really plan for? Like if our kids are you know, I don't know, 15 and listening to this episode one day, Mm. which is crazy to think about because that could actually happen. (laughs) But what are the things that they're really going to have to wrestle with and fight for in this world of technology and distraction?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, hi kids. You're not so little anymore. We love you. (laughs) We love you. Uh, Love our younger selves. Um, (laughs) You know, as I was thinking about that, I, I think that the biggest thing that they're going to be faced with, which I was not faced with when I came out of college, for instance, was so much opportunity for comparison. And, you know, a a culture as a whole is, is usually built on um, uh, people seeing the other person do something a certain way. And so they start to mirror each other. Mm. And so for me, when I graduated from college, there was no social media. Facebook, I don't think even existed. Maybe it was at the stage where, You know, the Harvard folks were just doing it at Harvard or whatever the story was, and it wasn't a public thing, but I didn't have that. And I was just talking to Kaylee in my office, and she was saying, you know, how difficult it is um, as someone who is in that 23 to 24 age range as a millennial to um, come out of college and have gone through college with so much availability for comparison with the internet. Yeah, And so, I think, I really think that's going to be the hardest thing. And um, I mean, Lord willing, it won't. Who knows what God will do between now and then. But uh, that is the biggest thing. So, protecting our children, but also training them to be able to combat that and know their identity in Christ and to listen to the voice that actually matters, um, is going to be of paramount importance compared to um, my generation.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I also, I don't know, I've been observing um, Gen Z, which is the next generation coming up millennials. And, um, one of the things I've been seeing, I think is they're actually, from what I've observed, I don't know, this could be totally false. (laughs) This is just me. This is just Nancy talking, no research, but I'm almost seeing a shift of people, um, these young people not wanting to be on their phones as much,
1: Mm -hmm. which
0: I'm thankful for, but I think they're kind of annoyed with it and are realizing that the in-face in person-to-person connection is better. Yeah. Um, and of course, they're still on Snapchat. Of course, they're still doing the phone thing and the social media thing. But I went to an engagement party. My little brother got engaged. He proposed to his girlfriend a few um, months ago. And I looked all around, and nobody had their phones out. Nobody I love was that. Instagramming or posting. Yeah. Maybe I just didn't see it, but this house was full of about 50 people who are in college right now mm. and nobody had their phones out posting about it. I mean, there were some pictures being taken later on, but it was it felt different. And I, mm. I start to wonder if there's gonna be almost this um like desire for connection, for real connection yeah. that starts to well up in the next generation yep. where they're kind of like not is into it. Like, they're not as into it. Now, I I hope that happens. I don't know. Again, this is just my observation, thinking, like, I'm Instagramming more than anybody else here. Like, that was weird, you know? (laughs) These kids are young and in college. I felt like, okay, what's (laughs) happening here? Um, But I don't know. I'm thinking there, I'm hoping there is a shift that could happen. Um, That's a total... Tangent. I'll, note, take I'll take that.
1: I'll take that hope. Right. I'm I like hoping, that hope. Yeah. yeah. Kids, <laughs> embrace that. <laughs> embrace <laughs> that. It's going to happen, guys. Let's because just act like it to, is. Yeah, Exactly. Face <laughs> to face.
0: I mean, it's just. Yeah. It's it's better. Obviously, uh,
1: totally agree. It's good.
0: Um. All right. So everyone knows you as the goal setting guru, and you have helped me set so many wonderful, meaningful, purposeful goals in my own life. Um. How do you think goal setting ties into Living intentionally?
1: I love this question. And it's actually something I've been chewing on a lot this week and even today. Is, and I haven't fully flushed this out. So we're going to just flush it out a little bit together. But uh, I think the idea that we tend to put our goals on a pedestal, uh, I've gotten this wrong a million times in my life, as I'm sure everybody else has, is we set a goal, we declare it to the world. And and then uh, we get really frustrated when that goal fails us, or when we feel like a failure after that. And so, what I think is missing, how goal setting helps us to live intentionally, is we have to take the first step, which is to uncover what actually matters. Uh, and I see this all the time. I see people say, okay, I'm going to set goals, and let me start by naming my goals, and then we're going to break them down. And I was like, "Hold, hold, hold up. If you start by just setting a goal and just naming it without first uncovering what really matters in the big picture your goals are going to be completely fruitless and you're going to be super frustrated in about two weeks when you haven't made any progress on that goal because you're not motivated by it um so a, a goal is just a way of getting there a goal is just a way of it's like the the how of how you live out what matters it's kind of like just a tool in your toolkit um So goals help us, learning how to set goals, and Nancy, of course, you're so intentional with setting goals. Learning how to set goals helps us to take what we know matters in the big picture, what we know lasts longer than us, and do something about it. And the way we do something about it changes over time in our various seasons of life. As I know um everyone listening probably knows about your story, like having so many kids really fast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the way that you approach goals has probably changed in various seasons. Oh man. So much. uh yes, I could totally relate to that. And but the thing that does not change is what matters. Right. What matters does not change. So it's let what is it's more important to focus on. Uh, the things that matter or the thing that matters. And for us, of course, that's our faith in God. Uh, And how we get there is not as important as why we get there. So, that was kind of a roundabout answer to your question, but something I'm chewing on a lot is I think that we focus too much on our goals instead of why we're doing them in the first place. And that gives us such freedom, and fun to make our goals happen in various creative ways throughout yeah. our seasons, you know? That's so good. Otherwise, we we kind of get in this mode where we set a goal, we want to live more intentionally, and we say, okay, I've got this picture of what it looks like to live intentionally in my head, and I'm going to do these eight things a day for the rest of my life. <laughs> and then we don't do them on day two. Right? and <laughs> We feel like we're a failure, and we're never going to make it. And then we just don't try. And it's no wonder that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I love what you said about seasons. I'm thinking of myself and man, Nancy pre-kids is like setting a million goals, going after all of them, doing Pretty much all of them. I am
1: Yeah.
0: I love setting goals and I love reaching them. And having children has taught me. I don't mean to scare anybody who hasn't had kids yet. You'll still be able to set goals and do them. <laughs> but it looks very different for me mm-hmm. now. And it is um, learning that my capacity um, to achieve a lot of work goals or a lot of things for me is it's just different now because my goals have changed according yeah. to my season. And I think… Yep. If someone listening to this is maybe frustrated because you're in a season where you're not achieving as many goals or able to do all that you want to do, just take a deep breath and know that goals change with seasons. And that yeah. is okay, and that's good, and it's refining, so just kind of open up your hands and let the Lord refine you in that, because I still feel Him refining me mm. um, in that. I love to do things, and I love to go, and sometimes I get frustrated because a kid gets sick or I don't know. X, Y and Z. There's so many things that kids just they take they need their mama. They take up a lot <laughs> yes. of my bandwidth. And when I I love what you said focusing on what matters because when I think about achieving the goal, I get frustrated. But when I yes. think about what matters and yes. slowing down and not reaching that goal for the sake of loving on my sick kid, it don't matter. Like the not reaching the goal doesn't matter anymore as much as the thing is in front of me, which is my children, that's what matters. Yes. Like leaving that legacy and being a present mom is way more important than me, you know, getting this product out the door on time or running a half marathon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, those things will come again in time. But right now for my season, going back to what matters is the thing that not only helps me reach the goals that I need to be reaching, but keeps me sane because yes. I don't think Oh my gosh! I'm never going to be able to do things again. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I'm frustrated. No, like what I'm doing right now in this season is the thing that matters. That's the goal that I'm
1: (laughs) trying to reach after. You know, so it's very liberating. I Um, love that. I love that in that you're taking the long view. I think that's what we do is we take this short view of well, I wrote down this list of goals and I declared them to the world, and uh, in declaring those we we have to really like walk a fine line, like in saying our goals, sometimes we can say them so that we have value. We don't even know we're doing it, but we right. might say, I'm going to achieve this in the new year. And I've done that before. Totally oh, done that. Too. Um, yeah. And it makes us feel like, okay, we are going to be more whole because of this goal that we've set. And I'm not saying goals are bad, clearly, but goals are just the how. You have to have the first step first. Um, and so, I've been chewing on these words that maybe don't make sense and I'm still working on them here, but uh, goals are not the goal. What matters is what matters. Uh, and and I keep coming back to that, that when we focus on what matters, and, and we could unpack that in a million ways, what matters, but... Uh, when we focus on what matters, it gives us the freedom to fail because yeah. we're still going to get back up and do it. We just may get back up and do it a different way. I love that. I
0: love that so much. Goals are not the goal. What is the rest? What matters is what matters.
1: <laughs> what matters is what matters. You know.
0: It's so simple, <laughs> but it's such a good thing to live by. I love that. And it's freeing for a mom of young kids. I would just yeah. say that. That's freeing because for most of my life, goals have been the goal.
1: Yep. Yep, And And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like, goals are good. Jesus had goals. Uh, And I've accomplished
0: a lot of cool things because of
1: goals. You know, if I
0: never set the scary goal of running a half marathon. The non-athletic Nancy who never could (laughs) do anything. I set that scary goal and I did it. And that's one of my Mm -hmm. things I'm most proud of. And that would have never happened if I didn't set a goal. Yes. But what matters is what matters, which is really my health, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, I, I don't know. I think... I'm going to probably come back to that and repeat that too. Margin, <laughs> margin for the meaningful and okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm all just going to go back and all listen to M's. this episode again. The goal is not the goal. What matters is what matters. Okay. All those things, you guys, this is great. Um, okay. So, well, before we, I, I have one more question and then yeah. I have some fun questions. But before that, I do want to, I love this phrase that comes from C12, which You love C12. I know you're in C12, my my husband's C12 group, um, which if you're listening for the first time, C12 is what my husband does for work. He works with Christian business owners and CEOs um, to build great businesses for a greater purpose with Mm. really kingdom-mindedness. But one of the things, one of the phrases that C12 lives by and talks about all the time is, priorities are what we do, everything else is just
1: talk. Uh, I was just repeating those words to myself today.
0: Yes, priorities are what we do. Everything else is just talk. And that to me is like, dang, yes. Like, priorities are what we do. Mm -hmm. And I think that goals help us live more intentionally because they help us set those priorities and then actually do something about them. Absolutely.
1: Yes. Yes. And that, I think, is where you tie in the fact that, again, goals are not bad. It's just the absence of a driving purpose that is focused on what really lasts in this life. That's when goals are not good. Right. Uh, but you can also have, um, you know, be very focused on what matters. And without goals, you're not going to do anything about it. So that's what so I love true. those words for is that uh, priorities are what we do and everything else is just talk. Yep. So good. Okay, so last thing I want you to do is just to kind
0: of paint me a picture. Because, I, you know, we talk about the power of visualization and mm-hmm. getting what matters in the forefront of your mind. So paint me a picture. What does intentional living look like to Lara? to you?
1: I think of just, just one little vignette of our lives right now comes to mind, and it's bedtime with the kids. And, you know, don't get any perfect pictures in your head. Sometimes it's pulling teeth, trying to get people to not squeeze the whole toothpaste tube out of the toothpaste. Yes. <laughs> at night, there's always craziness. Um, but I do think about uh, an anchor that is has become more and more important to me as I see the effect of it on our children is uh, praying out loud over the kids at night. And again, no perfect pictures here. What I'm doing at night is just letting them in on my relationship with the Lord. And uh, sometimes I'll ask them, hey, is there anything you want to pray for? And they typically tell me to pray for it myself. You know, they're just, I don't want to force them to do any of that. Uh, But uh, sometimes we'll talk about things that were good or hard in our day, and I might pray for those things. But more importantly, intentional living to me is about, I mean, the word even intentional denotes Uh, purpose-filled. And so for me, it's very intentional and purpose-filled to have this end cap anchor on our day where I am expressing um, our requests, of course, and our prayers and thanksgiving, but also getting an opportunity for my kids to hear that relationship I have with the Lord and for me to tell them things that happened in my day too, to say, hey, you know, I had this really challenging conversation with this person and I was feeling, I share my feelings with them. I was feeling this, and here's how I asked God to help me with it, and here's how He showed up today to help me with it. And it's it's never scripted, you know, it's never perfect, but I think that is, to me, that's cultivating what matters, is using these tiny things that really do add up as the big things because they are focused on the big picture of where we want to be when we're 80 or 90 or 100 years old. And Um, I think what we do get wrong about intentional living and the trap we fall into is thinking that intentional living is a lifestyle that we set and forget and that we follow a certain set of rhythms or routines or whatever it is, and suddenly we're doing it. We're living intentionally. Now, intentional living is hard. You know, it's choosing to say no to the things that are in the way of what really matters in the big picture, uh, it's making mistakes and getting back up again. Um, but I think the whole, to summarize this, the, the whole what matters in this is uh, focusing on the long view of saying, here's what I know is true in the big picture. And here's how I'm going to act like it today. Even if it's just two things that I do during the day that lead me to that, uh, those things are going to add up.
0: I love that. I think I get in in my head about it, and I'm like, I'll live intentionally when I do
1: this, <laughs> yeah. this, 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 and yep. this. And it's like, when I get no, organized, actually, right.
0: <laughs> you live intentionally right now, today. Right now. What does it right. look like for you today before you lay your head down to sleep tonight?
1: Yep.
0: What's one thing you're going to do today? Because that's where your legacy takes place. That's where it's mm. happening. Is mm-hmm. just in the small choices that you make every day. And more is caught than taught with children. And I love that you are just modeling that for them. Mm. And I, I want to do that too, because I think kids are so much more observant than we give them credit for. And they're, yes. they're listening and they're watching and they're learning. And I think I can get all in my head about, oh, I want to teach them this and do this. And they're just honestly happy to do life right there with you and just catching wow. what you put off. And so, I think that's incredibly important. Is just to invite them in, listen to mommy's prayer. That's what I did this morning. I was frustrated because Millie woke up before her little wake up clock. Mm. She was coughing. She's been sick, and she came down to sat with sat with me on the couch and in my Bible and journal. And I was a little bit frustrated at first, and then I said, "No, I am going to just invite her into this and tell her what's so good." To and so I just said. Um, This is what mommy's doing, and this is just an important time for mommy just to connect with God. And do you want me to read a little bit to you? And do you know what the word meek means? Because we were talking about (laughs) blessed are the meek. Um, They shall inherit the earth. And so we looked up meek and talked about being um, humble and quiet. And so it's just like, okay, Lord, help me to just— be intentional right now with what I yeah. have, instead of being so consumed with getting everything all fixed and right, yeah. um, so that I can live intentional one day. Like, no, just start doing it. Um, uh, and like, I love that. Catch it, you know.
1: What I love about that too is it so beautifully demonstrates that when we have uh, our priority ordered, then when we know uh, what we really, mm-hmm. what's really important in life, we get to seize those opportunities. We get, I mean, and we're all going to feel that tension of I plan to do this thing and and the kid woke up early i think i had the exact same happen thing happen this morning in a different way it's like josh crawled in bed was with us at 1 a.m and i have this huge meeting this morning and i'm thinking to myself i need some sleep and but i stopped myself and i, I thought to myself no i'm never going to get this time back with him to snuggle him and make him feel safe and secure in my relationship with him and so when we have what's What matters in view, we can recall that because we're always going to forget stuff. We can recall that and access that and say, okay, in light of that, I get to pivot here. I get to make a different choice and go with it, even when it's hard. So true. Yep. So good.
0: Man, Laura, this has been so good. I love that you said you can you can access that at any point. And that's why it's so important to keep that vision in front of you all the time. Mm -hmm all the time. Like what is it that matters? What really matters? And it gives you so much grace and freedom to stick to your goal or veer from your goal or say, what is the goal? Right? The goal's not the goal. (laughs)
1: That's right. (laughs) Get back to what matters.
0: Yep. (laughs) Um, All right. So we're, we're going to finish our conversation with just a fun round of questions. So just answer whatever comes to your mind. All right. Anything fun. There's no rules. Yeah, just we'll have
1: fun with it. Okay, I'm stretching. Um, I'm getting ready. (laughs) ready. (laughs) Uh, What is a book that you're loving? Um, One that you recommended, The Practice of the Presence of God. I feel like I'm finally digging in and the Lord is letting me soak it up. It's been great. It is so good. It's so so good.
0: good. Also, it's like $7 on Amazon and it's maybe not even, maybe like $4. Um, It's like tiny. You could fit it in your pocket and it's literally life-changing books you love. Yes. Totally agree. What is a product you're loving?
1: Um, (laughs) I don't know why the first thing that comes to mind is uh, my essential oils. I'm like so not an essential oil person really, but – uh, I really love the Serenity oil. I don't remember who makes it, but goodness, it just smells good. That is I just so want to like dose do. myself in it.
0: <laughs> do you put it on yourself? Do you have one of those little oil rollers?
1: No, I just I just like take my finger and yep. dump it on my hand and say, okay, <laughs> where can I put this?
0: <laughs> That's awesome. I would not consider myself like an oily person either, but I have been diffusing. I diffuse it whenever my kids get sick. It's oh, like my go-to, the and there's something really great about it. I love that. It smells real um, good. It does. Okay. Uh, if you could share a meal with anybody, who would it be? Oh,
1: if, well, <laughs> this might be a cop-out answer, but you and Will, we have had a long-standing date that needs yeah, to happen.
0: That's such an honor. Wow. <laughs> that's the best. But honestly, I
1: was thinking about that the other day. Yeah. Like, yeah. We, need, we, we need to make that, that happen. Yep. Okay.
0: Yep. Well, I'm on my to-do list. That's okay, setting great. a goal right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. It, it matters, Nancy. It yeah, matters. It <laughs>
0: um, what did you want to be when you were little?
1: Oh, multiple things. Uh, I wanted to be a geologist at one point, an oh, that's archaeologist. Doing, yes. Apparently, I just like digging in dirt, and that would play into my life later on. Totally. Um, I wanted to be an architect. I still like building things. And then in college, my college AIM handle was jazz CMU. So I went to Carnegie Mellon University. That's the CMU part. But I wanted to be a jazz singer. That's what I wanted to be. You could be. I've heard you sing. <laughs> you, you could still You're do that. <laughs> that would be really fun, too. Uh, That's awesome. <laughs> what are you most proud of in your life? Um, choosing to lay down myself and follow the Lord. Yeah. And I will never do that perfectly, but I just remember one particular moment in my life where God presented me an opportunity to... I can't even call it an opportunity. He just presented me a choice to say, are you going to follow me or not? And there's been many choices like that over and over in my life. But one in particular stands out where it meant really dying to myself. And um, it's hard to say I'm proud of that, but I'm really grateful I decided to follow him.
0: Mm. That's so good. What does work and play mean to you?
1: (laughs) First of all, I love that your podcast is called this because I know <laughs> you so well. And to me, you are the definition of this. Um, I think work and play to me is worship while you work. And it's it's being able to recognize that having fun is so a part of God's heart. Um, that freedom, that joy, that like this morning to start our team meeting, I was like, okay, guys, turn your cameras off, turn on a song and have a dance party. That's the best. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Um, But I think that's what it means to me is, uh, I mean, it means a lot of things, but I think work and play, the play part to me is the worship. And when I get to combine the two of those things, it just feels like incredibly gratifying, like getting to pray for a customer or uh, getting to encourage a team member, disciple someone on the team. uh, That to me is, there's nothing better than that. Totally agree.
0: How do you maintain a healthy soul and a fulfilling life?
1: I think my real answer is that I don't. Um, I mean, I feel like I fall out of that so many times. So, I would say that how I do it is I rely on God's power in my weakness. Um, there are so many times where I say to God, I cannot do this, like whether it's in parenting or marriage or work or whatever it is. I mean, over and over where I say, Lord, you are the literally the only person that can fix this or make this better. And so, I think it's relying on Him and what my weakness.
0: I feel like that's the best answer because I feel the same way. Like, I, the honest answer is that none of us perfectly do that. None of no. us really <laughs> maintain a healthy soul and a fulfilling life. But we're, <laughs> yeah. there's, yeah, there's just accessing the Lord and knowing He is the key to that. Um, mm-hmm. Knowing that we can't do it on our own, but that if we can just kind of get in tune with him and abide in him then that's when it starts to feel like okay i'm i i'm i'm doing this because he's doing it for me it's not me
1: yeah and th- it sometimes feels like there's this great divide between where we are spiritually and you know wherever we are with maintaining our soul in a fulfilling life and where we want to be yeah. and that can feel so defeating and yet here's the strange conundrum of all this is that the more time, and when I say time, I don't mean like hours at a time, but the more you turn your heart and your head and your mind and your thoughts towards things that God loves and um, toward His Word, even in little bits throughout the day, the more, number one, you want it, but also the easier it is to stay in that place. And it just becomes a part of you. Um, And you make different decisions and you stop you know, looking at things of the world in the same way you always did. So, uh, I think there's a lot of freedom in knowing that that um, the small things in our faith and just turning our eyes toward Him in even a tiny little moment during your day can have um, an exponential ripple effect.
0: Completely agree. Yeah, that's beautiful. Oh, Laura, I love you. I'm really I thankful love to call you a friend. You.
1: I love you so much. You're I'm amazing. so grateful for you.
0: Thank you for being here. And I'm sure everyone who's listening is going to be so grateful just to hear so much of what you shared. And um, where where else can people find you? And then after that, I want to talk just a little bit about something we've been doing together for many, many years. But where can people find you?
1: <laughs> this is so weird. My first thought was, they can find me chasing kids, probably like out in the cul de <laughs> They can find somewhere. me at my house? Like, what do you mean? They can find me hanging out of my um, house? <laughs> I just got a funny picture of my own self acting like a goofball. That, that's where you can find me. That's um, no, but you can, you can find us and um, the power sheets and all kinds of great free resources at cultivatewhatmatters.com.
0: And following Laura on Instagram is one of my favorite things too. You're so um, encouraging there, you are and you're sweet. just at Laura Casey, right? Yes, you okay. got it. Um, yeah. So Laura and I, we met each other, gosh, probably like 10 or 12 years ago. I don't even yeah. know now. 12, 12 years ago. It was like right I so. my business. Yep. Um, and we have been, Laura started this conference called making things happen. And, um, the time this podcast airs, it's going to be coming up in a little bit. And so if you're interested in it, it happens once a year. Um, it is incredible. It's been one of the most life changing experiences that I've had. And mm. it's really hard to explain what it's like. It's like, you got to go and experience it, but it's two days, um, in Chapel Hill and you turn on your phone and you don't have any access to phone and you're handed a journal and a pen. And literally we just do, Laura leads us, um, but you just do work on the stuff in your life that matters and your mm. dreams and yep. where you are. And it's a big heart check and a big life check. And so um, I just wanted to mention that because I think that it's, it's benefited me in my life so much. I still do things that I learned at making things happen like 10 years ago It's still yeah. part of my life. And every year that I do it, it reveals something new. It's just, it's brilliant. It's amazing. Um, God shows up every time in such a cool way, but I wanted to share about making things happen. Um, and then also just the power sheets. We talked so much today about goals and goal setting. And, um, the power sheets are a tool. It's this journal. Um, Laura, you could probably explain it better than me, but it's well, like this kind of wow. notebook. And, yeah. um, I will just say, like, it's, it's like a mega notebook that's all for goal setting, but it's about setting the right goals. And so, um, you know, if you're listening to this and. You're like, I I don't know, maybe I missed the goal bandwagon or like, I don't know. Like one thing Laura always says is there's nothing magical about January 1st.
1: Truth. It's yep. just
0: good to like stop, refocus yourself on what matters and then write goals on a monthly basis based on that. So yeah. anyway, that's that's me. Not just as Lara's friend, but like as a consumer of these products and as someone who believes in them and loves them, I just wanted to share that um with the listeners. They're called Power Sheets, and that's what you can find at cultivatewhatmatters.com. Um and that's Lara's business. And yeah, I just want to make sure you guys had those resources in your hands. So Lara, is there anything else that you would like to add?
1: Um, I just love you, Nancy. <laughs> I really do. Mm-hmm. I'm just so grateful that you put this podcast out. And I feel like it's been a long time coming. I feel like so many of us, including your close friends like me, we want to sit at your feet and learn from you and the, the experiences and life story that you've had. And so just really grateful that you're doing this.
0: Thank you. And likewise to you. Um, Laura also has a podcast called Cultivate Your Life, and it's wonderful. And she is the best storyteller, and she tells so many stories over there. So make sure you check that out too. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Laura. I'm so grateful you were here today. Oh my goodness. This
1: was a delight.
0: Okay, it's time for the work and play corner store. This is where we have a little bit of fun and draw mostly from my life experiences and the conversation I just had to bring you a book we're loving and a thing we're loving and that's it. It might be random, funny, serious, great, helpful, but the one rule I stick by is that it's something I personally use or recommend. I may get a commission from anything bought from these links which help me continue to bring this podcast to you every week. Plus, it's just fun. So today, I'm going to be adding the book, The Practice of the Presence of God that Laura mentioned, as well as the power sheets to the corner store. Now, I want to mention this book because I love it so much. It's so tiny. It's $7 on Amazon. It's one of the most life-changing books, and I love that Laura brought it up in our conversation again because it makes me want to go pick it up and read it again. Um, It's very short actually just sent it to one of my friends in the mail i think it's really great if you're having a hard time finding time um, to quietly spend with god every day i recommend it to new moms a lot because it really helps you practice his presence and abide with god every day and the power sheets this is if you've never heard of power sheets before you just need to go to cultivatewhatmatters.com and check them out Power Sheets are this goal setting notebook tool that is unlike anything you've ever seen. It's very thorough and it helps you set your goals for the year and then carry them out every single month and even every single day. It's beautiful, it's inspiring. I I love my Power Sheets. I've used them. I don't I don't know since the beginning of time like since they were they were created, I've been using them and I really love them. They've evolved every year. And have turned into something really beautiful. So, um, go check those out at cultivatewhatmatters.com. Thanks for listening to episode forty of Work and Play with Nancy Ray. Everything I've mentioned today can be found in the show notes at nancyray.com/podcast/forty, and you can find me at nancyray.com or follow me at nancyray on Instagram or Facebook almost daily. I'm going to close with words from Laura in her book Cultivate. Unrushing our lives is a risk, though, isn't it? It means we may have to give up something or a lot of things in order to slow down. And often we don't like the idea of slowing down because it sounds unproductive. But we risk missing something far more valuable than our productivity and keeping at a hurried pace. Life. Real life. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.